I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, dear listeners. It's Matt. Listen, there were some technical issues on this episode that I would love to say were um, not my fault, but they were. First, we recorded and I didn't press record, so we weren't even recorded. Then we recorded without my mic, but I caught it. So if I sound distant for the first few minutes, that's why. Also, I messed up the live stream. I just just had a day. You know how it is. Anyway, the episode's intact. Andy Daly is our guest. We decided that we would just talk freeform about The Shining, so we're adding an extra episode to this season, and we will get to The Shining Toshin book next episode. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being you, the listener. I don't like blood. just did what we just talked for three or four minutes and then and we're gonna have to say those things again yeah i apologize this is matt here we have a special guest today this is the shining and like the overlook hotel <laughs> the past spirits of podcasting have come to make me crazy <laughs> but with our very very special guest andy daly here with me i'm matt gorley and me paul russ uh uh we're also sort of getting maybe the made for tv movie version of the shiny which is like it, it's lifting up our spirits yes. i know there at the beginning you were like this feels like the stanley kubrick version this oh. feels like the ABC made for TV. Okay. We're fun. It's good. It's yeah. lighthearted. I might have seen that, actually, now that you <laughs> mention it. Yeah. The TV version. I saw it midday on a Saturday. I know I saw the full uncut version on HBO in Tom Papazian's Den. <laughs> <laughs> In 1982 or three. Okay, and yeah. you were discussing how yes. you, this is awesome, you would get, you had a friend yeah. with parents who were less conservative about you watch, watching stuff, and that's 
Yeah. Was your end of the shining? Mr. Papanzi didn't care what we watched. Porkies, let's do it. You know, and they had like a hookup on HBO. Yeah, they had HBO. HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one time. I wish I could remember the movie. This is a little. This is not. Maybe it's a little uncool. No, I'm going to say it's uncool. Tom and I were watching a movie together with his father, and I don't remember the movie, but I remember him saying at some point, "Shouldn't you boys have pillows on your laps?" And it was not until later that I realized he was suggesting we might have had boners because of what we were watching. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, what did you uh, think? What are you uh, talking about? I really, I. Like yeah. some weird form of etiquette at their house about having. Why would I have a pillow on my lap? That is. Well, was it Porky's or something? Or Porky's. Porky's two the next day. <laughs> Who knows what was the that? Took place the very next day, huh? I love it when they do that. Yeah. yeah. Quantum of Solace, uh, Halloween two, mm. Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Uh, <laughs> the Muppets Most Wanted. Is that right? Oh, it takes place. Yeah, The Muppets Most Wanted starts right. Exactly where the previous movie lets off. That's exciting. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future Part 1 and 2 as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If The Shining was mm. to make that choice, guys, and you had a Shining Part 2, don't think about Dr. Sleep or any of that. Let's say uh, Shining Part 2 was released in 1983, like three years after the first one, and it's the next day. Okay. What's that movie? What's that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Just doing Jiminy Glick. <laughs> When you were at the Overlook, what was that like? (laughs) Well, I think they would do a sweep for the old lady in the tub. You know what I mean? That would be order business number one. Is she really here? (laughs) Yeah, health department too would like to know. Carpet cleaning for blood and such. I guess so. Unless it cleans itself, it's hard to say. Mm. And those rugs seem particularly hard to get stuff out of because the... the ugly, gaudy rugs of the Overlook. Not all. I don't agree. Some of them are really special. And also, <laughs> oh. I want to hear about the friend down the block with the HBO hookup <laughs> and the horny dad. <laughs> you still got to say, hey, this is with Gorley and Rust. Uh, you can oh. go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust and get, oh, shit, all kinds of crap. <laughs> yeah, and this is a, like the part... Porky's to the next day version of what we were doing right now. We just kind of picked up right in the middle and then you're like, whoa, what's happening? Where am I? Yeah. Yeah. New announcement. There's a whole new store front stockpile of merch at our Redbubble shop. Oh boy. Redbubble. I uploaded a bunch of new season artwork for hats, t-shirts, coffee mugs. You can get the shining art. You can get the yuppie nightmare art, the alien, the Chucky, the scream. Oh, Wonderful. So hey, exciting. Redbubble, what's that uh, backwards? If you, if you do it. What's Redbubble like, backwards? Like if red you're going to red rum it? Yeah. I think it's also murder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't have slept through that as long as Shelley Duvall did. As a parent, <laughs> I would have got up a little earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless they sleep train Danny, maybe uh, she, it's not. She's not used to. Uh, I feel like by the fourth repetition of Red Rum, I would have, I would have been a little bit got, like, yeah. "What's going on? You gotta be out of that bed. Get out of bed, mom. You gotta have your feet on the floor <laughs> and moving. Get the knife out of the child's hand." <laughs> but I like the idea of the sequel of The Shining is the scoping out the hotel for the old lady. Just well, the ra- sure. they're gonna make it down to the ranger station on the snowcat. Right. Wendy yep. and Danny. 
And they're going to be alarmed by everything they hear down there. And they're going to get on their all-terrain vehicles. They're mm-hmm. going to get up there to the goddamn Overlook Hotel. But I think, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think the first thing they're going to see is frozen Jack Nicholson. When you mentioned, right. though, that she goes to that ranger station, uh-huh. did I detect sparks of romance between Wendy and the ranger when they... Oh. Maybe that's the... Maybe it become kind of a gentle rom-com. I'm not sure she's ready. <laughs> If it's literally the day after. I'm sorry, Andrew, but who are you to judge how Wendy mourns? I'm just saying she needs to vet her next partner a little bit better. That's true. He was a dick from the minute this movie started. Yeah. And a terrible caretaker on day one, throwing a rubber ball at his Navajo art. Isn't that the best, though, with the movie? You know, you watch it, you go, oh, at what point does uh, Jack go crazy and start hating his family? It's like, oh, in the first moment when he's in the car, he's already angry that Danny didn't eat his food. Now, the dad, who mm. is interested in lap pillows. Yeah. Um, we don't have to make that the focus point of the story, but... I think I, we might. Uh, what were other HBO delights uh, that you got at that? Well, he place? actually... He took me to see my first R-rated movie in the theaters, which was Conan the Barbarian. Oh. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then he also took us to see First Blood in the theater, which is which is R rated too for almost no reason. Yeah, yeah. Now there's some nudity in Conan. Yes, yes, but I lost a tooth on a milk dud and had to go to the bathroom, and I missed the the only nudity in that movie. I couldn't believe it. I'm chewing on milk duds and all of a sudden the tooth comes out and there's blood in my mouth and I'm like, ah, I gotta be, I'll be right back. Oh my God. And I come back and Thomas is like, you missed the nudity. You missed Yeah. Oh my God. The, yeah. the experience you were having of going, losing a baby tooth mm-hmm. and dealing with that, yeah. you were transferring into a man, <laughs> but then you missed the ultimate way to, yeah. to transfer over. Terrible. Uh, I guess a fill a photographed boob in motion it was a big deal. Uh, yeah, she was like a naked witch who turned into a fireball. Remember that? I should have left you like a, a used skin mag. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, pal. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't like a, a airplane or airplane two. I guess we weren't talking about your whole collection of Hall of Fame uh, on screen. Boobies, uh, <laughs> but, but you saw uh, both of those in the past like two days. Airplane and airplane two. Yeah, wow. Airplane two. Uh, oh. Last night, literally added them both to my watch list because they've been brought back on whatever. We don't have to. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, really? But um, uh, they're like in 4K now. Gorgeous. Now I can finally watch all the great gags of Airplane <laughs> 2. You know where I uh, uh, landed last night in the, the spoofers? I wound up in Hot Shots Part D territory. Oh, my God. And, wow. Uh, there's some really legit funny... Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure I've seen either Hot Shot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, either of the Hot Shot no. films. I haven't uh, dipped my toe into the Hot Shot franchise. Uh, I, Charlie, Charlie Sheen's the best at the whatever that... Um, uh, Leslie Nielsen, Frank Drebin thing of knowing how to play something straight enough to be really funny. He's like the best. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm shocked. I know. You think he would yeah. ham it up, ham and cheese it up, but uh-huh. he's pretty funny in them, I gotta say. He brings whatever gravitas he would bring to a dramatic role, just wow. funny too. So it's a- I enjoyed when, this, when he was having his moment a little while ago when um, 
the the guy who run who, who what's his name who ran Larry, no two and a half men Chuck Lorre mm-hmm. by way of a backhanded complimenting Charlie Sheen he said Charlie you make it you're effortlessly funny is something like that and I was like yeah there's no effort being deployed that's for sure oh that is such it was a such a good backhanded compliment like way, yeah. yeah you just show up and sit on the couch and barely know your lines. <laughs> <laughs> Some might call it unprepared. I call uh-huh. it effortless. effortless. Yeah. effortless. <laughs> what, wouldn't mind seeing a little effort. So take us through your first experience with The Shining again, even though I think this group of listeners will not have heard it, right? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, so I, my, my good buddy Tom Thomas had HBO. I went to his house. I watched it in his den. I remember that. And I know that he had already seen it. Mm-hmm. And so he was showing it to me. And he was, for some reason, a big Scatman Crothers fan. He was very enthusiastic about Scatman Crothers. Yeah, that was the part of the... He was like, this guy's... He loved Scatman Crothers. He and I share a birthday. Are you and Scatman, too? Sure we do. Oh, good for you. And Andy's friend? All three? That's why he likes Scatman. He's a birthday buddy. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, no, I just remember being being scared and disturbed. Um, But I... I don't have a lot of memories of it. I mostly remember Scatman Crothers because Thomas was so excited about him. And he was the voice of a talking car, you know, as you know, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. What did, uh, what was the Scatman's other work? We were discussing last week about Bronco Billy. Oh, um, right, 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 right. He was Hong Kong Fooey, I believe. Oh, of course. He's Mm. the voice of Hong Kong Fooey. Did he think Hong Kong Fooey would maybe appear as a character or a ghost? (laughs) They could have used him. I tell you, <laughs> that was like a lot of the critics' reaction. <laughs> you know, was chilly a chilly reception to the Shining? And, no, I'm uh, just saying to could, save the day. Hon- yeah. If Hong Kong Fu showed up to save the day, it would have been kind of nice. What a delirious choice that would have been if they would have had uh, uh, Dick show back up, but dressed up as Hong Kong Fu <laughs> trying to save the day. Animated version, it's Scatman Crothers dressed as Hong Kong. God, I guess that would be the tough choice at that moment. Do you go him dressed as that, or do you have like a Roger Rabbit sort of thing where Hong Kong Fui shows up and saves the day? Uh, uh, now, um, when your friend was showing it to you after mm. he had seen it, was he doing the kind of like the triangulation thing of the movie to him, to you, or he's he's looking over at his buddy Andy, seeing if his mind's getting blown. Probably, yes, probably. Do you do that when you're watching with somebody, or can you keep the blinders on of not I No, up? I can't. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, my God. We're not recording? Oh, we haven't been recording this whole time? Oh, we, we are. Oh. But I'm, my mic has not been recorded. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Don't know what to say. I I have been a mess today. Why are you talking into that mic? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, we have to stop for a second. I'll turn my mic on. All right. Okay. Boost that track. Check. Yeah. Unbelievable. I don't Unbelievable. know how to do that. We're back. I didn't have my mic on that entire time. As the listener, I'm sure wow. is aware. Oh yes, you'll have noticed something was awry. Guys, they were like, I didn't know if this was recorded in a Matt studio or. Room 237. Oh. That's how haunted the, 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 the technology I gears. feel like I should just let you guys podcast. I think I'm I'm bringing this no, down. No, 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 mister. Oh, my God. I think my kind words for The Shining were in, not in the podcast, right? They were yeah. in the part when we weren't recording yeah. at so all. So the dishwashing Just to say... Oh, yes, that's right. That, so, okay. I watched it in 1981 or two. 
in Tom Papazian's den. I don't have a lot of memories of that. But then, and maybe I watched the cleaned up for TV version. That sounds kind of familiar. Were the pixelated naked lady getting out? I, that, That's what I we don't remember. Recall that. Mm. I don't. But I feel like I've Blurred, seen bits and pieces of it over the years. But so last night, I saw a pixelated version, like a TV version, where the Olman they gave him a crew cut. <laughs> Just to like you know make him look a little sharper. His crew when he played Bond in in uh, the casino, the original Does he have casino a crew right cut now. When he plays yeah, Bond in that? he's oh, Jimmy Bond. Yeah. Really, he's Jimmy the Bond. first ever James Bond on camera. What? Who? The guy that runs the Undertaker. Oh, I mean, in the climax! Overlook. Exclamation yeah, point! That's right. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's very Nelson. cool. Uh, so mm. yeah, you might have even watched the edited version. You were saying I may have, uh -huh. and then I've just seen, I, I, as I was saying before, we were really rolling that I've seen so many still photos and clips that I feel like I know the movie, but mm. watching it last night and this morning I split it up over two sittings and I think that's the way to do it <laughs> watch a half hour of it on your phone while you're washing dishes uh -huh. and then in the morning get up and go right back in oh, for two hours on your laptop. Like, the first time yeah. I saw The Shining was uh, on USA Network with commercials and edited for TV, like just yeah. as yeah. it was meant to be seen. Exactly. It was. I was saying it took probably no joke four hours to get through the movie because they would take a commercial break every ten to fifteen minutes and a oh. long one at that. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Yeah. So yes. what what are your general thoughts? What stuck out with? I'm I'm yes, surprised please. that a horror movie from 1980 is that scary you mm -hmm. know what i mean mm -hmm. it really is the music is bananas <laughs> the uh the shot composition and and camera movements and stuff i forgot about the, the big wheel tracking shot i mm. all those times when a shot is so perfectly composed i did not appreciate it at an earlier age what about the fucking bird's eye of the maze like that yeah. blew my yeah. mind they went yeah. up into a, a building in london to get that how so because they built i think the one center courtyard oh. of the maze oh and then they just so carefully just matted it into okay. the model yeah it's yeah. insane i could not believe yeah the incredible artistry and effort that that stand, it made me think has he got other movies, Stanley Kubrick? <laughs> because <laughs> they might also be good. I'm going to go down to Blockbuster and ask those kids behind the counter if this guy's made other movies. Yeah. Uh, and I also, I uh, Jack Nicholson's performance is incredible. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Like, it's not easy. He's, he's crazy <laughs> and he's menacing, but he's funny. Yeah. Like, he... It, it, the character is having fun being homicidal. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> well, I wanted to yeah, yeah. actually ask you a specific question uh, because, uh, um, Andy, uh, mm. no bullshit, I think you're just one of the great comedic actors. Oh, you're sure. like, outside of being funny, you're just an amazing actor. Uh, uh, turn off, uh, turn off Paul's mic. <laughs> Do you want a lap pillow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, for real though, for truth. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I was uh, listening to a Rolling Stone interview that somebody recorded in 1987 with Stanley mm -hmm. Kubrick. And he was saying, uh, uh, why they were talking about, why do you do so many takes? And he was like, uh, you're trying for three things in this order. He was like, just that somebody gets it technically correct. Uh -huh. And then he's like, then you get through that. A mm -hmm. lot of times that's like what you spend most of the time on, just people yeah. getting their words right and memorized. Mm. And then he's like, the next level of that is truthful because you could be technically memorized and do it, but it feels sort of not real mm -hmm. or it doesn't 
feel mm. authentic. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, then you wait for that. And then by the end, what you're looking for is interesting. Oh. And like, it goes beyond just like, they got it right. It goes beyond, it felt real. And then it enters the realm. And so with Jack Nicholson's performance, I'm like, you bring it up. I'm like, I think that's like all yeah. interesting yeah. stuff. What I was going to ask you was the experience of working on a set where the technically right sometimes doesn't even get met. Oh, all the time. And what would your experience get to be like if you got to work with somebody who like allows you to do technically right, yeah. truthful, and interesting? I, I mean, I have luckily had that a few times. Tell me. Oh. <laughs> I know. It's my favorite thing Wait, on earth. Tell so me, me as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Jeff Blitz works that way, and he, he directed all the episodes of Review. And of course. And also, um, Adam Arkin directed me in an episode of The Closer. I know it's like a detective uh, uh-huh. TV show, but but also, though, I wonder how much direction he gives to get there, or does he just say, "Let's do it again"? Because I love it when somebody's like, "Okay, I see what you brought to take one. Um, what what about this? What about like I love that. Mm-hmm. You don't get that a lot in mm-hmm. television, especially the director is just there to like block things and and get it, you know, to, to the satisfaction of the writer. But, uh, when somebody is, is really like pushing you to, to discover new things in it, that's, that's a rare treat. And mm-hmm. I love it. I Did you feel that like Adam Arkin was doing that? Like, as yeah, a, a lot. Actor probably letting you. Yes. I think that was it. And he did a thing where I was like, I don't think this is not going to work. So it just feels like a, you're playing around where he would go, Hey, tr- try it. Like he's, try it like he's in love with her. You know what I mean? Stuff mm-hmm. like that. He would give mm-hmm. little adjustments like that. And you'd be like, well, I don't think that makes any sense, but I'm going to do it to the, to the hilt yeah. and see what, I don't know that maybe that's garbage, but it brings out something for the next take, you yeah. know? Yeah. That guidance is interesting. Cause yeah, Matt and I, when we read that Toshin book, it, it is like, it references how there wasn't much guidance. Yeah, it was just saying, do it again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Somebody kind of having to, get resourceful or do I, I guess there's one interview with um, Vincent D'Onofrio where he said he could be blunt and come over during full metal jacket and be like, this obviously, you know, isn't working. This isn't good. What are you guys doing? Like, let's try to make this work. Like, uh, but maybe that's just the difference of working with younger actors doing full metal jacket, their first movie yeah. versus how somebody would handle Jack Nicholson. And you just let, yeah, you say, do it again. Have you ever done this? I hate it when I do this, when it, it, it's like sometimes it, it's even I ask for another take or <laughs> or mm-hmm. or that we're just going to do another take. And I do it precisely the way I did it the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I have every opportunity to try oh, something yeah. new this time. And I'm like, oh, I think I know what I know what I want to do. I know what I want. And it's just it comes out exactly the same. All the time. You know what I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. It's not yeah, yeah. it's not a good feeling. Yeah. But the scene where he's all alone at the bar, I suppose he must have like his coverage do you think the bartender actor was there for it? I wonder. Oh, good question. Because it feels like such a monologue and the camera <laughs> is on him alone for so long. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That oh, amazing. I mean, that scene is like, we didn't get to talk about it last week, but there's so many hilarious lines in that. Cause we were talking about how the shiny is also just like super funny. And that line, that scene is so many doozies. Like, the old sperm bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is so funny. Yeah. Whenever um, I'm at a place and a second drink is ordered, I, in my mind, have him doing the thing where 
instead of asking for the second drink to Lloyd, he just kind of goes, yeah. He like pops his <laughs> finger twice on the bar. And stuff. But the most funny, the funniest part of that scene is it's like a seven minute scene yeah. where he's having a conversation with a bartender we know isn't there. This right. is like, oh, he's legit entered psychosis. Mm-hmm. His wife comes running down. She's like, Jack, there's a woman upstairs. She detected. He's like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> But he's drinking imaginary so believably <laughs> like he thinks yeah, she's right. crazy. And that's what's so brilliant about that is you could, one actor would play it like, oh, I'm going to hide the fact that I'm out of my mind and, yes. and put it on her. But it's, no, he's really playing it real. Like, I I know what having a conversation with a real person uh, is like. I just had yeah. one. That's right. You're out yeah. of your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is a rotten husband. Oh, <laughs> I am just saying it right now. Yeah. Oh, he is not. He wouldn't survive in this day and age of 2023. Sensey husbands and, wow. and fathers. To right? treat anybody like that, you pretty much have to be snowed in. <laughs> yeah. And that's right. the only way. That's right. <laughs> with no outside observers. Uh, uh, yeah, clicking. The way mind. he talks to her when she comes and she all she wants to do is bring him a couple of sandwiches. And he, the oh. nicest thing a human can do for another human is bring yeah. someone just a delicious like comfort food plate. And when Shelly yeah. Duvall she uh, d- divulges Shelly divulges in the book in that book that she's you know that little part when they go walk off leaving uh, Danny with the um, dick and. They hold hands as she takes hands and her and Jack walk away. She was like, that was my idea. I just thought it should be nice to show a little. Because it is crazy. Like in a conventional horror movie, most of the time you'd get five to six scenes about how this family loves each other yeah. so much. Everything was fine until the event. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, meanwhile, Shelley Duvall's like, I think maybe at the end of the scene we could hold hands. <laughs> and like, yes, that's allowable. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, it is nice because it is, uh, that is whatever, whatever those Hollywood versions of that are bullshit. You know, yeah. In a way. Like no family is ever picture perfect at the beginning. And then like the wheels start coming off. Right. Like, it's a, yeah. And as a viewer, you get impatient when you're like, I know what you're trying to do. Yeah. The move in's going great <laughs> for you. <laughs> I just get to it. Yeah. Uh, what was your, um, experience, uh, when you watch The Shining, had you seen other horror? Had you seen something like The Exorcist or Oh, yeah, Halloween for or? sure. Had you read the novelization of Halloween by this point? I <laughs> think so, yes. I think I had, and I'm sure I saw Halloween. But I, I know I saw... I didn't know you read the novelization. Oh, I loved it. We talked about it, and then some nice trustee sent me a PDF of the novelization which is really expensive and hard because it get. introduces oh. the Sam Haynes. Yes, stuff, yes. Right? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I read it. It did not have the power that it had when I was 11 somehow. It <laughs> lost not even some of the nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I'll tell you, the sex scenes are kind of graphic. Really? I, I more, probably needed a pillow. <laughs> Well, back then. Hey, don't you need a pillow for those laps in the library here, guys? Are there more sex scenes than in the movie? There's two, right? There's Linda and Bob. Yeah, that gets pretty hot. <laughs> and then there's, isn't there one later babysitter? No, then there's in the very beginning with Michael's sister, but there's no That's other. what I mean. Oh, okay, yeah. Which one are you talking about? Who's Bob? Linda and Bob are the baby. The, the, oh, okay, yeah. In the, in the very later. beginning. Yeah. yeah, in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, and so did it seem like they were getting somebody who usually writes bodice rippers or something? And they, he's like, oh, perhaps uh, bodice slashers. But- <laughs> ah, yeah. Jack the bodice ripper. <laughs> but I definitely saw The Exorcist and The Omen on television. As a matter of fact, it may be true that to this day I've never seen like the the crucifix the moment in The Exorcist. The, you oh, know what I mean? Yeah. And there's right. other elements. There's some other element of that movie that wouldn't have made I it. I think just somebody put up probably on, a few. Uh, yeah, yeah. on YouTube that uh, uh, it was just the 1981 CBS at the movies introduction of The Exorcist. Oh, and just whatever that like presentation, <sighs> network presentation of horrible stuff Oh. Feels more sinister. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Did they do something? Did they put um, up a warning of some kind? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. It's like this know. shows uh, rep- depictions of a young girl. Like, and they can't <laughs> help but make it sound awesome, you know, of a young girl being terrified. Would Ernie Anderson ever do that creature. for ABC, but in a solemn voice? I'm vaguely remembering that where he'd be like, you know, viewer discretion. Mm. And he's still like, he oh, said he can't. Yeah. Is it right? <laughs> Carnival Tonight, viewer discretion. <laughs> <laughs> Fernando Lamas, Robert Van Dam, and Porky's too the next day. Uh, <laughs> wow, did they put that on network television? Um, yeah, the, uh, uh, there's somebody told me once they saw Friday the thir- a Friday the 13th movie that was edited for TV and it was scarier because when the scary gore parts would happen they would freeze frame it before the person got hit then push in oh. while the rest of the sound of the scene played whoa yeah, so imagine how like disorienting yeah that. that's Pan worse stab <laughs> with uh, uh the shining you know does all these like weird uh uncanny choices and that seems like one of the if they had done that, that'd be uncanny. But the uncanny thing that I was thinking about recently was mm. that the credits run the other way at the very beginning. Oh, yeah. oh most credits go down. These yeah. go up. And you're oh. already like, oh, Jesus Christ. What the? Yeah. My senses are being blown, man. Oh. <laughs> it's such a beautiful drive they're having there while the credits yeah. are running. Yeah. 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 Do you guys want to take it? We should, the three of us, go well, yeah. and I know you, but where is it? Where is the Overlook Hotel? I know you well, know this. Well, that, that road is in Colorado, right? Oh. And, and there is a big hotel in Colorado. The exterior, I think, was modeled after that, and the interior was modeled after the Awani Hotel in Yosemite. Oh, yeah, I can never keep the locate like what was the first one that I, yeah, I'm sure you're right. I just, yeah, I don't, uh, I'm not very good at that. Uh, but the, um, yeah, because the hotel was all based on that original hotel was had Native American imagery and then they brought it over for the the shiny one, which, which I guess if you're looking for some, Matt and I were saying like, we don't necessarily think there's a, a secret code. It's just more of a feeling or things you get from the movie. But um, it does feel like it's significant that there's all this Native American imagery. Well, it was it built was, on an Indian burial ground. Yep, they that's do the say that. First mistake. Yeah. That seems like, oopsie. And that's yeah. pre-Poltergeist. So I know. Is that an homage? <laughs> do we want to get... Tomahawk, pre-Young Guns 2. Mm-hmm. These are real. Post-actually building things over Indian burial grounds. <laughs> <laughs> that we hope. Uh, well, well, yeah. Uh, okay, so then this is... I I struggle a little bit because I do I really like it when things make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is there, do you think, is there a consistent supernatural explanation to things in this movie? Or I or not? I think there's a little not. bit more clarity from 
reading this making of and finding out what was cut. That oh. There's a, a scene where the hotel basically presents Jack with a scrapbook of the hotel that shows all of the misdeeds that went on and all the prior guests and all the crimes and deaths that have happened. Oh. So as to say, basically, like, this place is bad news. We always need, like, a vessel, a human to kind of be the embodiment of the evil oh. that is the caretaker. So mm. that's Delbert Grady mm-hmm. will be Jack. But that's probably as much clarity as you get. Writing. Yeah. So it, it feels like it has a slight like Faustian thing of like, he's making a bargain like, oh, I, if I get inspired by the scrapbook to write a book that I'm having writer's block about, but that's the, 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 the deal he has to make. He does also say that he would sell his soul for a drink right before the bartender mm-hmm. appears. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's two um, kind of moments where I do feel like they they try their best to, like when he's saying to her, oh, it felt like every walk around the corner there was deja vu and stuff. Yes. And then, yeah, at the bar... He puts his head down. And he goes, "I it's I, like uh, Twilight Zone." Yeah, uh, level you're of right. Like, I yeah. give my drink. I give my soul for a beer. Hello, So this is the replica of the scrapbook that was used in the movie. Yeah, the and when you read all this, it does shed some light, especially. You find out about the woman that dies in the bathtub. There was a lot of mob. This was a place for mobsters to stay. Was in the this 20s. in the movie? Well, this was the. Yeah, you can see it. I think so. It's, it's sitting out on the yeah, table. But you don't see the introduction writing. to it, right? Um, ooh, when you said a lot of gangsters would show up, you know what I've been? What's really been cracking me up, fellas, for the last like couple months? The thought of it. Yes. Um, a gangsta's mall, M O L L. Like, aren't they like the funniest comic <laughs> yeah. creations? Of the, like, yeah. like the twenties mall, like yeah. gangsta's girl. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I want more. Of, I want a whole movie. Uh, give me, uh, give me an Ocean's Eleven movie with all moles. Balls? <laughs> How do you pronounce mall. it? Gangsters Mall. Well, that's uh, who's eight? Isn't there an Ocean's Eight with all the ladies? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Ocean's Nine could be nine nine malls. malls. Maybe it's the word. Wait, what is a mall? Mall is like a gangster's gal. Like oh, it is? His dame, yeah. I don't know that M-O-L-L. M-O-L-L. Oh, M-O-L-L. She'd like... be the type with like a big 1920s ragtime feather out of her head. Oh, yeah. Like, Why don't you get the boys back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's Jennifer Tilly in <laughs> Bullets Tilly, Over Broadway. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> the thing I love about this scrapbook <laughs> is it's got clearly got missing articles, I too. Know, but look, here's Delta Grady. Oh, dear me. Caretaker acts his wife, twins in empty hotel, then shoots self. Mm. This looks like the um, Onions, Our Dumb Century. I, I know. <laughs> Boy, it's cool. Articles uh, in there. Yeah, and then with Grady being... Um, that's the first indicator, because, uh, you know, what you were asking, Andy, I've mm. thought sometimes, too, like, how much is this just a, a person who's going crazy and how long can you just buy it that what their mm. experience is the son has some gift and then the dad's going crazy but it seems like once that pantry door gets opened oh it yes can only be opened by somebody else oh it right they like, shot scenes with delbert grady on the outside you oh, hear him but there are scenes where he's out there talking to him he's a ghost that can manipulate locks yes but girl if, 19 almost nude found in hotel lobby Almost nude. <laughs> Explain. She had a hat on <laughs> with a big feather. 
<laughs> the uh, <laughs> uh, okay, and then Wendy starts to have the, these hallucinations toward mm-hmm. the end. And you said last time, what was that? The, the hotel showing her. They the at that point, who knows? But it, you yeah. know, it's like um, she starts seeing stuff at the point that she would decide to. I got to leave the hotel with Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's made that choice and the mm. hotel they don't want to lose any souls oh. so it's like or they don't want to lose Danny and if she gets Danny then they're out of here so it's like how do we stop her oh. with we'll kind of throw obstacles in her way with bloody elevators oh and, they don't want her to uh, leave oh and guys someone in suits. wrote a comment because we've been talking about how this this shot with the skeleton and the cobwebs is just oh, so yes. classic old haunted house, and it's cut from the European version. Oh. But it's not nearly as scary as like the dog giving head to that guy and the bloody elevator. That I felt like I saw for the first time this morning. Oh, really? I did not remember mm-hmm. the assless dog. Uh, we'll suit. get to that. Mm-hmm. All but right. some someone made a comment that like the hotel has been dormant for so long and was like, oh, I got to scare this girl and I'll just, I'll try this, I'll try this and just throw things out. And it's like, oh no, the skeletons, that ain't going to work. That's only for the mobsters in the 1920s. Ah, I better like, ooh, what about a dog sucking a guy off? <laughs> it's like somebody's like a sweaty SNL reel of characters. Yeah, yes. Okay, that yeah. one was like, but hey, I'll yeah. knock you out with this. Uh, yeah. Um, the blood flood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, the um, yeah the the spookiness of also like when Grady comes and is talking to him and taunting Jack about like in the bathroom uh, when he's in that pantry. Oh oh, yeah, yeah. Which is also really the most truthful. Talk about truthful moments when Jack is locked up in the pantry and all he has is crackers, peanut butter, and Oreos. (laughs) I noticed that. That's what I would do if I had a spray dangle. I'd be like, "Fuck this!" And he just. uh, I can't get into that can of Libby's fruit cocktail anyway. Boy, did that look Oh yummy. my God, that giant can that she unleashes <laughs> yeah. into the uh, yeah. three people. Blurp. Yeah. Uh, but um, when Grady's like, I and the others have our doubts, or, you know, he's kind of like, if. Yeah. In that situation, I would be like, Grady, the two of us are both fucking caretakers. Why are you acting like my boss? Oh, good point. Wait, say that again. <laughs> say that again. What? Like, if Grady, Grady came when to- talking through the door, he's like, uh, you know, uh, me and the other. <laughs> Council of murderers are rather disappointed in your performance. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd be like, who made you my boss? Yes. Uh-huh. If anything, I outrank you because I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> and also, because it is funny that like even Grady's not offering him really anything in return. It's just like he kind of taunts him real good. In the I love it. I'm not saying yeah. this is a flaw yeah. in the movie, but it's basically just like, what are you going to make your... Wife and kid make you look like an asshole here. Like no, but it is not weird. Like the fact that he's named Delbert Grady. Then is it Charles Grady? They change Mm -hmm. his name. Yeah, and he's clearly the guy that did this, killed his kids and his wife, and shot himself. And then, then he's like, no, that. What are you talking about? I never did that. You know. Yeah. So because has it already transferred? Jack oh, it's at confusing. That point? Oh, yeah, because he's like, I've always been here. Yeah, uh, and I was never the caretaker, and I did kill my wife and children. Doesn't he? Isn't he? He say that in the bathroom, mm-hmm. or he took care of the problem of that, yes. or whatever. He doesn't quite. Yeah, so I guess it's like, uh, yeah. And then the picture at the end is like his own previous Grady, or 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who, who knows? I know. But, uh, yeah, the, um, what did you think of the, do you remember the ending? Uh, uh, or how did it hit you this time watching it? Uh, I, I again was uh, as confused as ever by the ending. Like, what am I supposed to understand? Well, let this? me throw this at you. Right. Do you know about the deleted final scene? Oh, shit. Get ready. Wow. <laughs> the penultimate. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. and then I'll tell him what it is, and Paul, you can tell him what happened and, and the the lore about oh, the, the existing. Oh, okay, lore. The yeah. Peter, I'll do it as Peter Laurie. Great. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about my I'll do it as Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. You did not do a Peter Laurie impression no. on SNL. Oh, I did because of Bugs Bunny cartoons. <laughs> Um, so it ends in the hospital with um, Wendy lying in bed, and Ullman, oh. the the guy who runs the hotel, comes in. So, so the beginning of of The Shining Day Two has been shot already. That's right. Okay, all right. So she's in the, <laughs> I'm sorry, she's in the hospital, and Ullman comes into her. Yes, hospital room. and Danny's playing in the like with the nurse in the either the room next door. I forget. Mm-hmm. And he comes and he talks Mr. to her. Just on a date. <laughs> He's got swag. Nah. He's got some moves. You leave you. your dad in a maze. You got swag. <laughs> Ooh, tell me again. Yeah. Tell me yeah, again. Yeah, that guy was just huffing and puffing. There was no way he was going to get me, babe. <laughs> Excuse me, kid. I really want to get with the boy in your throat. <laughs> Um, and and uh, when he's leaving, he goes up to Danny and hands him the tennis ball. So oh, as, what a uh, dick move. Yeah. <laughs> and the implication is like he's been the mastermind of this thing all along. Mm. And and Or that was the, when people saw it, that's what they thought was yeah. it. Yeah. It might have been, who knows what the, yes. And yeah. most mm. people wanted to cut it and Kubrick wasn't sure and his daughter kept pressing to keep it in mm. until the very, they printed the original what the short run of prints that showed in New York and LA. Yeah, some and then, people got to see it in, oh. in, in Los Angeles in New York at a opening day. Like and then a, take it from there, what happened? Uh, oh, they just thought uh, uh, it was... Um, well, th- there's a cool little detail that Stanley Kubrick noticed. He watched two different versions where they took it out and he mm-hmm. said the ones that were left in, the audience... When it, credits came up, the audience would get up and walk out of the theater. Mm-hmm. But when they took that scene out, the audience would sit through the end of the movie till the end of the credits because huh. it left them being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they, he sent like dispatched editors to cut yes, them at right. the theaters to cut those scenes out at the theaters, <laughs> and then burned. Presumably, they're yeah, burnt. Like really? Lee Unkrich uh, in the book, but also in an interview said. If there was going to be one person who would have gotten to see it, it would have been me. I couldn't find it. So wow. I have to guess that that scene is just burnt up. Um, but what? yes, Matt, this is awesome. You're it? breaking this out. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, oh, my God. Oh, that's what you were talking about, Matt. And there was the possibility that they were going to, they filmed the maze, you know, that overhead shot you liked uh-huh. of the maze. Yeah. They did it snowy. Because presumably they were maybe going to end with the maze with his body in there. Because they did a oh. version you can oh. see with the, with his body in there. Oh, yeah, that's but um, oh, yes, he's oh, little body he in the frozen. Oh, yes. Um, so yeah, they dispatched all these people to go out. This is amazing! Oh, wow, God. look at this. Look at that. Um, they uh, um, these are just we're looking at the shots of the last scene. Um, Still shots of this deleted. Penultimate scene. He's brought her roses. What a head of hair on this And guy. so this mm-hmm. is would have happened between uh, scene 
Jack frozen in the maze and then the push in on the yeah. let, the framed wall. Well, uh, I don't know how it makes just, that that framed photo make any more sense. It just seems like it, it's a passing of the torch. Like, you are now going to be the yeah. lunatic and you're going to kill your own children someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the defense, I, or defense, whatever, the reasoning um, that Vivian Kubrick had was his daughter about keeping it in mm-hmm. was you need something to feel good. People will love Wendy and Danny and care about them and you want some feeling that they are safe from the It'd be in a fairy tale. You'd probably want to see the people who slayed the beast at, you know, feeling good yeah, after it. Yeah, okay. And then the other one that I think is a good explanation, but I, I'm glad that scene is out. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want it in. I love the version. But mm-hmm. that the editor was saying, going from the surprise of Jack in the maze and then the surprise of him being in the frame in the wall uh-huh. is like rhythmically kind of aware that it's two little gotchas. Uh, like the uh, audience has to like there's no kind of gotcha he's like oh granted I could have been making that argument because I cut that scene and I liked it and I was sad to see it go but like those two notions I could buy but, but that's the kind of thing that would never occur to you if you didn't know that there used to be a scene in between right them, or, right you know what I mean with and rest with Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But the little tidbit that was, um, the that Midnight, the Stars and You song uh, that is on the end credits, that little mm-hmm. old song. Uh, if you listen, it goes... Uh, and that little opening is entirely cut out because it's at the end of the deleted scene. And so when they cut it out, clipped it out, it does a weird little sound thing. That, oh, how strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that scene, I guess there was the little, um, what's that called? A little pre-lap of the music yeah. coming uh, underneath the scene. So wow. now it's uh, butchered. Here's the original mm, like photo it. that they no. put Jack Nicholson's face on. Oh, really? That's the guy. Oh, I was wondering about that because I, I, my assumption was that Jack that that these were all 1980 extras, and I was like, man, those people are 
are profoundly good at being authentic, authentic yeah. in no, a photo. That photo, and he went back and forth with the woman who did the photo retouching over and over. Yeah, and just over a over master again. photo retoucher. Which, if you think about it, like you watch most movies. Mm-hmm. That is where people most show their ass as oh the old God. doctor photos. Even so the balls of Photoshop. ending a movie with the doctor photo is so cool. Good it's point. So good. Um, they do such it's a good seamless. job. And yeah, they took um, they found just old pictures from the Warner Brothers file. So I was wondering oh, if wow. somebody could, because it didn't even sound like they were saying it was from their movie department. It was just like mm. pictures from. So if somebody could. I don't know about that one, but other pictures on the yeah. wall, you could just maybe see Alana Turner or something. Oh. Um, but that guy they replaced with the Jack Nicholson <laughs> looks like me. And <laughs> oh, you think? Makes me think that they should have worked backwards. Uh huh. Started with the photo, then found that guy, oh. made him Jack Torrance, and then not have to do any of the Photoshop. How about this poor lady with her eyes closed, right Ooh. over his shoulder? Right? I That's know. how she is forever. Yeah. I know it is weird how um, period stuff can look real phony, too, because that it being the real deal makes it look like the real deal, huh? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah what true. is that? Like, uh, I know it has to be more than hairstyles and fashion. It has to be genetically people's eyes were like in different right. places or something, right? Like nutrition right? was different. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nutrition, right, right, right. Nutrition, um, cameras were different, you know, everything. So Depth how the shadow. Field. Yeah. And there's a few guys in there with, um, well, let's call them Charlie Chaplin mustaches, which <laughs> today to get, you'd have to glue them on and you, yeah. you'd, you'd smell a rat. Nobody's walking around with that mustache today. Yeah. Well, Do you ever see Jordan those like colorized? Oh, yeah. Somebody just put up a motion picture camera in like 1910 in Istanbul, and they're coming up now because people are AI rendering and oh. colorizing them, so they'll look even more like the real thing. Yeah, it is crazy to see how human behavior is always eternal. Like, why would I think a guy walking down the street would be any different now? But like, when you see it, you're like, oh yeah, that people yeah. were just casual and like they weren't walking that it. fast all the time. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. You're right, 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 right. They weren't wearing a pinstripe suit and like pushing like a big wheel with a stick or something. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> they time. shall not grow old. Did you see that? Oh yeah, did that. Watch that. What is that? World it's World War, War One footage that Peter Jackson kind of did that too. Oh, I heard so about it's that. Like, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Actual human beings went to war in 1917. Yeah. Don't they like dub? They did oh, rip, yeah, lip they did reading? sound design. I said rip leading. Rip That's leading. the argument people make about um, not posting uh, or even in textbooks like publishing black and white photos mm. of civil, civil rights moments because it's easy for your brain to kind of go like, that was the past. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. But when you do see I, what you were saying about World War One, like, oh, yeah, you're like, all right, actually humans, not these like graphic novel <laughs> characters of guys yeah. with bayonets. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the, uh, yeah, so with, um, the, I don't know, what's your gut explanation, Andy? What do you I think? I don't know. So the experience it? of watching it to me is I'm trying, I'm piecing it out. I, I maybe, I almost wish, I don't know. But what if you watched it without doing what I was trying to do, which is trying to make sense mm-hmm. as it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point I became frustrated. Mm-hmm. I became, I, and I started to feel like how strange that so much attention was paid to so many minute details, mm-hmm. but your ability to hold on to what is happening here dissipates as the movie goes. And at some point Stanley Kubrick must have either said, I know what this means and I think some people will get it. Or 
I love that it doesn't mean anything. I think it's the latter. Yeah. From, from reading this, it there's plenty of examples where he's saying, like the the dog given that guy yeah. is basically, he says something to the effect of, someone says, what does that mean? And he goes, I don't know. Uh-huh. People will, people will put on it what they want to put on it, you know? And, mm. and I think he, his attention to detail is always on a technical level and then maybe like a philosophical level, but it seems he actively wanted there to be like, what is nonlinear almost narrative and stuff like that, that that's contradictory, not necessarily by design, but also not, uh, he doesn't get in the way of it. Does that make sense? Mm. Like he, he seems to make films for feeling rather than story. Does that, mm-hmm. Paul, does that feel right? Like, yeah. to, from what you remember? Or? Yeah, I feel like it's all like a yeah feeling or something. I don't know. Like the uh, look, it's no Young Guns too. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> no, I wonder- I'm trying to think of how I've like wrestled just like with a specific scene, like the um, old lady in the tub thing. Because when I was a kid and I saw that, I remember, and still now when I see it, I'm like. Oh, she goes from young to old quickly. And like in 2001, at the end of that scene, when he goes in the little museum, remember, he kind of ages rapidly. And mm. that's more, I think, played for wonder than mm. horror or something. But um, like whatever that feeling you have of like something getting old without you knowing it. And on top of that, why He's experienced it. She's Wendy's not crazy. Why does he come back and say, I didn't see anything? Because he's been completely brought to their side at that point? Yeah, Stan, well, Stanley Kubrick wrote that in the margins of the novel. He's like, why doesn't he tell her what he saw? And mm. when I was a kid, or watching it any time, when I watch it, I'm like, why doesn't he say exactly? Because he's repulsed by it, too. Yes, yeah. and it could, you can make the arguments he's in cahoots with the hotel now and he doesn't want to like give up the game because if he starts saying, yeah, there's ghosts in here, she'd go, oh, well, then let's get out of here. Oh, but or that I, he thinks it was a hallucination. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more like Eyes Wide Shut style of just like a spouse did something uh-huh. weird and then doesn't know how to like talk about it. So if she comes in and she's like, what happened? And he's like, yeah, there was nobody in there. Uh, <laughs> he's also had a, had a drink by then too, right? No, yeah, no, but he no. hasn't. Uh-huh. Well, but he's not literally drinking. There's no alcohol in the premises, right? He's a pretend drinking. But yeah, so but is he like isn't delusional? though because because Grady gets him out of the larder. So you have to assume that they're well. But Allman explains that they they have no alcohol anywhere on the premises for insurance purposes. On I the know. Tour. But they also don't have ghosts. You know, but they do. <laughs> they don't have a guy giving a guy yeah. head in a dog suit. I think he, he's at least. But that wasn't on the tour anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's maybe not being given literal alcohol, but I think the scene of Lloyd giving him a drink is like basically the drink me the red pilling basically of like the matrix, you know, you're, you're ours now kind of. Mm, Oh, once that transaction Mm, is, uh, I see. So then like it made him, the ghost like made him drunk. Drunk. Yeah. With the, with the spirit, like he's part of spirits. Uh, He drank the blood of Kali. Well, I went, uh, you know, I was in a Catholic school, kindergarten through senior year, uh, Mm. K through 12. And, uh, um, near high school I remember being like 
So they say Jesus's wine turns literally to blood. That's the dis- that's what distinguishes one of the things that distinguishes from other Christian faiths is we mm. believe it's the actual uh, a process happens where it's the blood of Christ. Hey. So I asked a nun who was teaching us. Oh really? Ah. Oh, so if I drunk a bunch of that Christ blood, I wouldn't get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think if I drank people's blood, I wouldn't get drunk. <laughs> but something tells me if I drink communion wine, I'm going to get what drunk. What did she say? She uh, condemned me to hell. Oh, she no. Had that power. Uh, oh. Uh, no, there, there was a lot of good, uh, true, true perks of having an education where you could talk about uh, spirituality in an open mm. way. Did you, uh, Andy, did you ever uh, uh, drink not to blood? put you on the spot of uh, what your faith <laughs> <laughs> i was raised by catholics and i was made to go to uh, sunday school mm-hmm. but i went to public school most of the time but i do remember asking the, my sunday school teacher if my pet frog uh, would go to heaven <laughs> and, she, and, and the answer said, i believe i believe he danced around because he didn't want to say because the answer is no right, right? animals don't have souls yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, I think he found a way to to be like, oh, your frog is a uh, is happy, but without saying, yeah, your frog is up in the up in heaven. Well, with, he knew with God. Yeah, he knew <laughs> with certainty. So he had the right to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the, um, as long as we're talking ghost stories, mm. ghosts and shining, hauntings and stuff, like um, ghosts are the thing that least scare me mm. because I'm kind of like uh, I don't sh- the type of person who shits on astrology or, or you yeah. know, stuff like that but mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I don't it th- that doesn't compel me really mm-hmm. and so it's the same thing with ghosts kind of like don't believe them so they can't scare me but, but in a movie uh, in a movie saying it? not really either because I don't have yeah. that like uh-huh. oh my, there could be a Michael Myers who puts on a mask and comes mm-hmm. into my house and kills me while my parents are gone or something mm-hmm. but like with a, a ghost story, it is like, um, or, or if I experienced something paranormal, a ghost, it would really flip me out, not just because it's scary, but the idea that there's an afterlife and I could be a spirit who gets oh. trapped up in a lamp and uh, I haunt the people who are always around the light. Like, I don't want that. Oh, I thought peace. you meant you were a genie. <laughs> no, I meant like a So you're lit. saying if you've <laughs> truly had a supernatural experience, it would make me have to kind of question a lot of stuff Same, that would be yeah. really terrifying to have to oh, think Well, about. I'll tell you this, though. I'll try to make it short. But yeah, No, please. <laughs> okay, real quick. I love this. Mm-hmm. I think because we're already a good amount in, we'll save the Shining trivia for next episode. We'll just talk Shining and okay. go to love it. And then we have sure. a, a great Friday the 13th story. That oh, I yes. I'll have to too. tell you that. Oh, but, fantastic. And if you have more about The Shining, let's talk about yes, it. Without okay. A doubt, okay. So without go a ahead. Doubt. Thank um, you, Matt. That's in a good that, idea. It's been like 1998. I was living in Brooklyn. And I had a whole thing about umbrellas. I was like, I don't believe in them. They're stupid. They take up space. Like, if you have to carry it, you're going to lose it. Hot take. I did. I had a hot take on umbrellas. But somebody had left an umbrella in my apartment. And I decided on a rainy day that I was going to go around the corner and have a drink at a bar. And so I was like, well, I will take this umbrella for this purpose only. I break my umbrella rule. And I don't care if I lose it, if I leave it at the bar, because this person left it at my place and doesn't seem to care. So... And it was like a work umbrella. So <laughs> I I went to the bar, I had a drink, and on my way out, I just walked across the sidewalk, step, the umbrella is up, I stepped off the curb, a gust of wind took the umbrella and rocked me back, and a car went 
so fast right in front of me. I for sure would have been hit and I'm sure I would have been killed if that gust of wind hadn't come. And I don't believe in anything magical uh, at all. But that really messed me up for like a year. I'll bet. Of of like me saying like, oh, all of the things that had to happen for that to happen. Like somebody had to leave an umbrella in my apartment. Mm. I had to decide to go to the bar. I had to leave at that exact moment. This person had to leave in his, wow. wherever he was coming yeah. from at that exact moment. And at that rate of speed and the gust of wind, oh, like how, how could yeah. that be happening? And you had to be open in that moment at that point for an umbrella. Like yes. you opened up your heart. <laughs> that was part of it, it too. It was like, I never life. use umbrellas. <laughs> That's the biggest so. miracle of man. <laughs> the Grinch of umbrellas who in a split second decides today I will let an umbrella. I mean, I'm heart. such the no. attitude of Sopranos comes on the air, comes and goes. And the whole time I'm like, it can't be that fucking good. And then I watch it. I'm like, oh, it's perfect. Uh, <laughs> it's like the, so my lesson of that would have been like, uh, I don't watch Sopranos because I stayed indoors and watched the Sopranos at that hour. Oh. Save my life. And I'm like, I got to be more open to Sopranos. I don't know. Oh, be I'm more gonna, open yeah, to yeah. umbrellas. I was more like, <laughs> clearly that had to have been orchestrated by some higher power to yeah. let me know that it exists. Yeah. And then I spent about a year trying to trying to figure out what other messages it was sending me. And then ultimately I said, this is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that though. Also, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the like, um, uh, it doesn't. Need, you know, you don't have to tie it to something. It's just like when those things sort of happen, it does feel like a a moment for reflection. Yeah. Right? So if a naked lady aged like eighty <laughs> years in front of you, you might be like, I'm not ready to just tell my wife that I saw that. I, ah, interesting. I have to. Uh, yes. I was wondering. I have where to process this. this. Okay. Yeah. It also <laughs> could be like the uh, the nightmare twisted dark comedy version of like uh, having lipstick on your lapel kind of thing. Yeah. Like. Were you kissing the woman? The, the um, there's some peeling soap. old flesh on your uh, on your lapel. What is right. that? You know what I like to look at in the there's Believe a close up where I told you. he's kissing because they have to show at the very end when he pulls away from her. Mm-hmm. But he, when he's really going for yeah. his close up, it is the old woman. It is. I know. And stuff. Oh, like, speaking it, of it which, it can only be that. Yeah, uh, I was clocking that too. I was uh, like, hmm. The the thing that um, you're about to see something more gross than. <laughs> in a rewatch um and uh the what people were saying um i do think that uh room 237 stuff is particularly like a little weird or uncanny mm. because when danny's looking in the mirror uh at the apartment it's like the same thing there's like a green tub with a cloth in the back and he's standing at the where jack would have been mm. and he looks into a mirror and he has that response of like, ooh, I see a vision, uh, I'm seeing something. So even if your brain's not aware of it, the idea of like, you're looking at a green bathroom again with a oh. bathtub and the dad walks in and something, uh, or um, uh, the sound stuff I've been noticing like lately is like, they'll do like, um, you know, that Mickey Mouse, it's called like Mickey Mousing where music will go with somebody's footsteps. Oh, really? People don't do it much because it's corny. Uh-huh. Uh, but the thing that I learned from the book was like, um, the picture was all locked, so any music that was coming in afterward was a definite choice or sound effect. Oh, yeah. And there are so many funny little moments, like when he puts his hand on the paper and stuff or pulls it out, it comes with like 
a funny oh. little Mickey Mousey <laughs> music. Whoa! Look at this lady. Oh, they're hanging out. That's awesome. Is that like a full rubber suit that she's in? It is, is because that? I believe she either had a double mastectomy oh. or something like that. So. so in this photo, it's behind the scenes. Jack Nicholson is hanging out on the room 237 bed uh, with the old lady in makeup, and they're having a good time. That is insane. He's probably saying, so what, uh, what do you got lined up after this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait around. Yes, I'm going to wait around till the year 2020 and do a movie called Barbarian. (laughs) 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 Yeah, um, somebody once told me a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there it is. Whoop, there it is even. Mm -hmm. Um, Even that. uh, uh, I, I, I had a friend tell me once of a story who... In their apartment complex, a woman fell in the shower and the water continued running on her. Talk about something haunting me for a year, Andy. I Was she like, unconscious, you mean? She died. Oh, she and like died. when they found oh. the body. Mm. Do you want to know what it was described to me as? Oh, sure. Let's hear it. <laughs> Mush. Oh, my God. Oh. Hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> That was like a distillation of an Andy Daly character. It was like the most like vile thing to have to imagine. And then the guy would be like, oh, oh well. <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, oh, can we talk real quick about the, the typewriter scene? Because when I, uh, the all work and no play. Because mm-hmm. um, when I, I think, first saw the movie, that mm-hmm. was the thing that most kind of blew my mind. Because when mm-hmm. you're watching it, it's almost like a like a theater effect, like live theater, you're seeing something really happen and you kind of have to like process like, Oh my God, I guess this isn't fake. This is like, has to happen real enough in my eyes that these actual copies of paper. And oh, stuff. uh-huh. But, oh, yes, um, I love it. Oh my God. The, uh, apparently they did different translations with different languages. Really? I'm shocked that those scenes haven't come up because they, Show up in different countries. They they changed it for. Oh, so you think I see. somebody in another country would do us a favor here and take oh, a screenshot? There's never you been like a YouTube them. video. Yeah, oh, really. Mm. That is um, amazing. The other yeah. thing that they mentioned when they filmed that scene, they played the Jaws theme. Oh, to like get the mood right. Really? And I wonder if you could match the Jaws theme with her pulls because I think they are like Donna. Oh, Donna, Donna. <laughs> theme <laughs> oh, yeah the opening airplane oh theme. yeah in the clouds oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, wow you know there was also um in airplane um a character had a drinking problem oh, oh boy here we go <laughs> it's very, it's a solid joke man. speaking of by the way speaking of mickey mouse the, the first yeah. time that i said i'm gonna start taking notes during this movie is when i saw danny's mickey mouse sweater and i thought yeah. to myself how'd they get the rights to that these are the kinds of things that really oh, sure. help me enjoy a movie. What's the what's the right situation with the image of Mickey Mouse on the on Danny's sweater? Good Warner question. Brothers. How did they work that out in this disturbing movie? So you can't wear mer- like retail merchandise if it's. If I it, don't think so. But you're no. right. There's a goofy puppet there too, and there's Dopey. Um, uh, uh, along with Ooh, his toys. They had to have gotten permission I'm for I'm going to cite this when we are inevitably sued by Disney for this podcast where we're Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, your other podcast. There <laughs> you go. Shining, you let the boy... <laughs> 
in a house full of horrors. And they'll point to this as Matt knew. Oh, yeah. He shit. had a friend tell him, and there's a record of he knew That's right. that that was the ramification. You were Ooh. fine with Mickey Mouse being in a hotel with a naked skin peeling lady <laughs> and a doggy blowjob. That could have been Goofy. It sure looks like Pluto. Some people say it was Goofy. <laughs> I do. I also really love his Apollo sweater. Um, That would be a delightful thing. Uh, And you've seen Room 237, the documentary? No. Will you? Yeah, I will. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, somebody has a particular insight about that rocket ship. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's some phallic stuff going on. Oh, it's all about... The way I said it made it sound so phallic. (laughs) Long story short is that their theory is, not the movie, but the movie explores all these people who have conspiracy theories about this film, is oh. that Kubrick filmed the moon landing. Oh, of course. Or at least fi- yes, felt it was fake. And, they, and they, that was the crew gift, that sweater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's put it in there to let people know. Because he's, he's a, at the end of the day, he's just a little gossipy bitch. Uh. <laughs> I want people to know what he did. Uh, this isn't necessarily phallic. Uh, but it is about the body. Mm. Like when, when the doctor comes over and Danny's like there without pants on, mm. that would not have been my mom's style. Oh no. Uh, uh, it was like Catholic mother bring up. Oh like, yeah. She would have been like, if the doctor walked in and I'm sitting there with my pants on, you, you know what I'm Put talking about when Danny's on. like, yeah, I know. He's uh, just like wearing undies. My mom would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with I think that's doing? also a huge th- change from like being, born in the early 70s to maybe the early 80s there was that weird window of time where that was just yeah you'd let your kids run around without bottoms on sometimes hey it's hippie yeah hippie times hippie times um here's a question i have for you you both have one child right Mm -hmm. yeah okay if you were given the opportunity to bring your partner and child for six months it'll just be you to would you any temptation yeah, that there's some t- real temptation. I love being sequestered. Yes. I love being reclusive. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a bit much for me. Six months. Six months. I'd worry more that my daughter and wife wouldn't be happy. I think I would be fine. I know. That's how I feel. That's yeah. why I bring the child into it and the one child in. How about yeah. you? Uh, yeah, I would, it, it's the same You know, in the job interview. When mm-hmm. Ullman's like, and how do you think your wife and kid would like it? And you could tell it's the first time he's actually yeah. thinking about it. And he's like, uh, they'd love it. Yeah, like yeah. I think that's the same thing. I'd be like, oh, they'll love it. And yeah. then like, hmm, I think I was only thinking about myself yeah, and exactly. my daughter. How much I my would daughter like would it. go crazy. Yeah, yes, she, it's shitty. It. It's shitty parenting oh. to bring the kid. Also, but- the shitty parenting of the you got to be quiet because dad's sleeping. Anytime I went over to a house where it was like, oh, be quiet, oh. dad's asleep. I'm like. This house, uh, get me out of here. <laughs> we talked about this last week, too. Family, yeah, I can't yeah, be a part of it. He makes his office the main room in yes. the hotel that they can't go play in. You have to be quiet in this entire hotel. <laughs> go watch working. a black and white portable TV down in the kitchen while you turn a huge crank just to get some canned fruit. To that point, I do think like uh, for Jack in that, what he imagined what it was going to be, it is kind of a... I could speak to it. It'd be a nightmare to be alone in a maze that you can't get out and you hear your wife and child like abandoning you. Uh, That's like, I think like uh, a, a married man's oh, like yeah. scared. Like the way it ends for him is like, but you can't bleak. really put yourself in his position because he tried to kill them. And I don't <laughs> think you would do that. <laughs> oh, you don't listen to this podcast. Uh, oh no. <laughs> If I hear Taylor Swift, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I feel like, like I saw an ad a while ago about like, um, they wanted somebody to operate a lighthouse on an island in Scotland. And, and the deal is like, it's just you for three months all by yourself. And I was like, that sounds great. Yeah. But no, I, yeah, everybody I care about would lose their minds, but I think I would be fine. Yeah, well, too. Really do. it, it is funny though, at post lockdown, when you watch this stuff and you kind of see people lose it within a week, you're like amateurs. Like the, <laughs> no. the thing was oh, like that. I was like, guys, I went a good deal of time before I even got restless. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Oh, I also, here's something I noticed you know how the the days come up you know tuesday yeah, yeah. uh at some point that stops right because and and you really do it is a moment of unraveling yeah yeah that that day is a long day yes. and then it just becomes 8 a.m yeah or 4 a.m <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 8 a.m that's yeah, in the yeah. scrapbook too. Oh, it it's is. divided by those moments in the film so yeah. it goes the, chronologically the 4 p.m feels so because it's at the worst time of day in winter is like 4 p.m. Oh. 5 p.m. when you're like oh, the sun the is coming is already. <laughs> down oh my god get me out of here and you walk into a house that's like playing a mash rerun you're like god damn it everything I hate it what do you think about that set that whole thing's a set isn't that incredible no I, I'm just learning that today you yeah. just said that and I can't believe it I'm shocked to hear that that was a set I, I really know. really believed that the entire thing was shot in the the exterior location. No, and that all that lighting is artificial lighting. That's nuts. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. I said this last week, but it was the first time I saw Fargo did it subsequently, but like where winter how sun hits the snow and kind of comes uh, through your window when you yeah. live in a snowy area. Most people don't really capture that, yeah. but it is the weirdest thing about winter. It's like supposed to be cold and gloomy, but if it's a sunny day and it's snowy it's out, so you're just like bright house is like <laughs> I guess that's the thing you're getting up lighting where you normally wouldn't mm -hmm. right? well I was actually trying I was thinking I might catch them in a discontinuity moment of like they had to shoot this scene on a day when it wasn't snowy yet uh, so, but no it's all on a set <laughs> yet there are strange like these are part of the conspiracies but you can explain it better but the set doesn't follow logically if you if you track the geography. Do you know? Yeah, Paul? yeah. So when Jack first goes to the office in the very beginning when he's walking to get do the job interview, mm -hmm. there's a hallway that like runs right behind the uh, boss's office. But when he goes oh. in there, there's that bright window, and it's like, oh, there's no way that window could be there. Oh. And then when um, they go into their little house, um, a little apartment, mm -hmm. which he describes as homey which i think is a word for uncanny but like there's word there's doors that are um when they walk in that line the hallway but once you go into their apartment there's no doors and those doors would have walked right into their apartment there's also stuff when danny's like going around doing the big wheel there's times where he's going down a row a hallway that is doors but it's if you look, it's over the Colorado round mm. lounge. So if you walked through that door, you would just like be two stories up and fall. Oh, so there's all kinds of things that don't match. I think it's just like somebody being like, uh, whatever looks best, yeah. Uh, Sorry. but then yeah, people, I guess they think ghosts are changing the, uh. the shape of the house or something. <laughs> I mean, you could just make an argument and makes you you're kind of feel like what you were saying, like when you're watching the. Uh, big wheel stuff you feel a little like nauseous yeah and the exterior first helicopter shot of the hotel doesn't have the hedge maze oh. right yeah yeah and you can see some helicopter blades at the top of that uh shot there oh really and you can oh. see the shadow of the helicopter guys uh this is a a Polly, look out for this Ooh, a ploft <laughs> a ploft so the hedge maze was just created for the movie 
They had the front facade mm. in the back lot of Pinewood where they built the rear of the hotel exterior set. Oh. So that exterior as well, other than the helicopter shot, is a set. What? Yes. Yeah, when he's All running built. through the snow and the snowy yeah. maze at the end. That's, um, that's insane. And then, yeah. yeah, and then the hedge maze interior was on a soundstage, right? Because they also mm. got really sick with all the snow chemicals. Yeah, they were saying like decades uh, after, like 10 years after, they were still finding fake snow like in Elstree, like that would get scooped up in like drainage pipes and stuff oh, because yeah. they were just dumping. That it was a lot of fake snow. Yeah, yeah the um, I, I think that little snow maze chase at the end and uh, the old lady in the tub were the two things that when I was a kid, I would they stuck with me most, like the image of like a scary dad chasing you through a snowy Not like, the hacked maze. up twins? No. Wow. Yeah, I don't they know had why. It coming. And why are they British? Come on. <laughs> these Cal- these girls in Colorado. Danny. That's a good question. Mary Poppins is here for us, Danny. Uh, but the uh, uh, when when Danny's getting chased at the end, um, his little trick. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a dummy move when he jumps into the kitchen area and he hides behind the little thing and then like when he hears his dad he starts running yeah like, that was dumb yeah when you're a kid well, he had and you given those... away his position because he cried out when Scatman Crothers got killed right. so he, had somewhat, he had given away that he was down that hallway I think maybe yeah. he thought it was just a matter of time before. he had to displace uh, yeah. so he, he yeah he took off running uh, but the trickery he does with the um, snow going backwards yeah. I don't um, know this isn't my uh, theory or whatever, mm. but I, I like it, which is somebody said that, um, you know, Jack's whole thing, and you could just say generationally at that time, mm. the young men in America, the young people mm. who were, times were changing. Mm. Jack, he's so focused on the past, the history, making America great again. He can't get his head out of that stuff, right? Uh-huh. But the kids... The way we can best move through like terror is we can go backwards in our steps and remember where we were, reflect on where we've stepped before, and then use the tracks to kind of throw off the knuckleheads. The older generations, they can't keep up. Language, buddy. But, you know, because the maze is like also when he's running through the corridors of the hotel and stuff, like... And it's so tied in, like, oh, if you go around the corner, there's a ghost there. Mm. It just seems like Danny somehow figured out a way to master, like, the past or something. Yeah. And Jack can't keep up with the time. And they were uh-huh. working out the ending up until the ending. So there were a few versions. One where Danny turns out the lights and Jack is oh, blind and can't right. find his way. And they were going with that for a while until someone pointed out, well, then how does Danny see? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, no. we were going to have he, him have the little Astro yeah, the, gun. that He like, had a Star Trek phaser gun, basically. <laughs> and yeah, he was going to use and that. Paramount was like, no. Uh, <laughs> unless you put Nimoy in a cameo, we're not doing it. We got Disney, we got Star Trek. <laughs> oh, if the Ranger did have to have a Road sequel Runner. where there's like a rom-com with Wendy, uh-huh. who would have been like a good... Who would have been a good beefcake for that ranger? Alternate casting here. Oh. At the time, Chris Christopherson. Full beard and long hair. Uh huh. Yeah. Or Barry Gibbs. Ryan (laughs) O'Neill, if we're going to (laughs) laugh. You know. Richard Dreyfus, if we want to believe it. <laughs> Neil Simon. And, and then Ryan O'Neill, if we wanted to laugh. 
Uh, well, do you have any other shining? Things? I scribbled down, yes, but please. I but the things I scribbled down are so stupid. They all well, they all work and no play. <laughs> like Andy Dandy. Uh, I mean, I just want to acknowledge the art on Scatman Crothers' walls in, <laughs> down there in Miami. That is outrageous. Yes. Presented without comment, but worth presenting. Just, just yeah. yeah I, it makes me there. look. I kind of want to spend an evening, like like uh, to get to know him during the, the off season. Feeling oh, that like that breeze house. through the ferns outside the house. I'm kind of like, yeah, well, a little Miami pad could be pretty cool. That very blue space I'll, season. I'll, maybe we'll cover it next week. But they talk about. That was a very like famous artist, like an African American artist who, who did, did, those, did those yeah, photos. Yeah, well, that like not for the film, but like I think in the culture that those were known types of paintings. I think that Something blue like lighting that. you mentioned too, mm-hmm. Andy. Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, that's in um, in Full Metal Jacket when the guy uh, when he turns the gun on himself, it has that like weird blue lighting, mm-hmm. and then eyes wide shut. Nicole Kidman uh, has like a little monologue in that blue light. But that blue light, you never see it in movies, but it is everywhere in life, guys. (laughs) You wake up and you're like met with a little like blue light, like a person walking through. Not since Kmart and it's special. (laughs) Are we meant to feel that light is reflecting off of the pool in his awesome Miami condo? Maybe. Yeah, I I like that. But it is funny that the, the moment they go from the shot of him and it, the p- picture behind him on the wall to then cut to the television. And it's <laughs> anyway, like, anyway, he's looking. Anyway, he looks, he gets a lady. It's something else. Man. Hey, he's got to get one of those pillows off the bed on his lap. Too sweet. <laughs> um, God, I hope that was recorded on this episode. Oh, uh, the other thing I wrote was Roadrunner theme song. Yeah. Can you believe we sat through that entire goddamn theme song? <laughs> That is a long theme song. Me, me. Oh, the cartoons. I, you. you watch those old Roger. cartoons, you're like, these motherfuckers <laughs> would have two and a half minutes so they could do like that much less of time to animate. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And always the animation was better at the title credits. Oh, you guys like, guys, mm-hmm. come on, pull out that the level of detail. G.I. Joe it. opening credits are like anime masterpiece, you oh, know, like really? cinematic. And then, Why yeah. do you think they could do that? That's not cool. They just couldn't. Because they always had shading, too, in the opening. And then you get to the main body of the program and they're just like barely moving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also, I was critical of Scatman or of his character. Uh, so was Stanley Kubrick. Oh, oh, he didn't like him as an actor? Well, he worked him pretty hard. He Well, okay. Let me say this. Well, first of all. Careful. We share a birthday. You understand? Oh, I understand. Okay. Uh, I think the Did character. Sh- oh, yes. no. The character needed more of a plan. He flew all the way from Miami and drove five hours and then got on the snowcat and got all the way up there. And it, all he did was, hello? Anybody here? Yeah. Come on. Have yeah. a something in your hand. Yeah, yeah. come up there with a, uh, uh, oh, like a bow gun. Uh, um, uh, a bow and arrow? A bow and arrow or a crossbow. A crossbow. Bring a crossbow. Yeah. Originally, he was going to be kind of the evil entity at the end. Oh, yeah. interesting. You could also do it. De- like, I like the idea that he should should have planned like he could have sent in a decoy mm. dick oh and yeah he's perched up somewhere else and he's like you know and then jack comes out yes uh, boop, boop, boop. 
Yeah. Arrow in the head. Jack's dead. Well, come to think of it, bring a friend. You know what I mean? He, yeah. Why did he go up bring alone? Bring his pal down at the yeah. gas station. Yeah. Uh, Chris seemed to get along nicely. Bring Ryan O'Neill. About an hour in the movie, anything that's pretty cozy gets lost because you're sort of, you know, it's a spooky hotel. But the um, I'd love to be in that little wood-paneled gas station. Yeah. with his, That looks nice mm. and cozy, right? Yeah. Yes. I want a little wood paneling. Yeah. But yeah. also that morning... Um, shot of the United Airlines uh, when Dick is... Oh, yeah. Guys, it just seemed like a, at that time, airplanes were always oh. flying through like a sunrise. Oh, I, yes. I, I was looking at that when I was watching air, Airplane and LAX is all red carpets oh. and wood and gold and I realized we'll never see that again. That's not just a 70s thing. It's that scientific study that... Blue calms people. That's why you look at uh, every airline's decor is blue or, or every like app sea color. green. Yeah. Everything is like because they know they've they're ruining people's lives by just yeah. giving them plane tickets, you know, making that flight experience so bad. You'll never see fiery red carpets Damn, in an airport. You're again. right. Yeah. Mm, that gorgeous bathroom that they have that scene in in this movie that's blood red yes. all around. Yeah. They'll never make a bathroom that red again. You got to keep people calm in the bathroom, especially. <laughs> yeah, you probably got to go to Jack White's Third Man Records. Like <laughs> I love the blue robe, though, in this. And if yeah. I could get my hands mm. on Jack Nicholson's blue robe, uh, yeah. I was like looking for it once and I was like, why am I trying mm. to emulate the, this the, man? Oh, just a copy or the original? No, uh, a copy. Those are out now. You can get those guys. They're coming oh, yeah. back. Really? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. And an Apollo sweater. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought, I did think uh, for a while there, I was like, Shelley Duvall's performance and Scatman Crothers' performances are both sort of oddly presentational and not quite, they seem weirdly phony, the two of them. But he he did not seem phony to me in the sit down over ice cream. with. Mm. I was like, this is a yeah. different level of performance from Scatman Crothers. That, he's very good in that scene. And then Shelley Duvall, I wonder what she's, because she becomes so real, you know, but early in the movie, she has some line deliveries that are just real so weird, mean, yeah. mm -hmm. bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that just her? Is I wonder just... what she's up to. Yeah. The, my favorite <laughs> acting of hers in the movie at, I like all of her performance, but the one that I think is just like amazing is the scene where she's swinging the bat and going up the yes. stairs and oh, stuff. Because yeah. that seems like true. Like, oh my god, uh, it's not acting anymore. It's just like seeing. A well, real weren't picture. there things that weren't acting? Didn't we learn that there were? She actually yeah. did go through some things. <laughs> yeah, she was surprised by some things. Yeah, when you read this book, it's a really interesting just account of how much he put her through. But also, there's plenty of people kind of going she was a little annoying you know uh, like i'm not espousing either of these views mm -hmm. but you know there's a lot of people and you you could easily chalk it up to just like men of that era going mm -hmm. like she just wanted a lot of attention and uh, stuff like that when i read that when i watched the movie it still feels like they were working her a little hard mm -hmm. and you know she was very insecure and no one took that into account and i think Jack Nicholson wouldn't quite give her as much attention as she needed because mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I you seem to have said it all right. Like it, it, it did feel like at the end it was maybe just like not willing to be there for her. Like she felt maybe a little alone. Mm. So it is kind of like 
what I'm not even saying like, and then that's the movie that, but mm. more just like, Oh, that's curious. Cause that is the movie. She's just yeah. feeling like alone yeah. and not taken care of. And, um, and there's that footage from the documentary where she misses a cue and he, Kubrick comes over and gets pretty mad at her. Mm. Yeah. And, but and that's an example of yeah. like, she just didn't hear you. And she says as much, yeah. you know, and Lee Unkrich points out, he's like, you know, uh, he was the guy who wrote that book and mm-hmm. but did Toy Story 3 and stuff. He was like, uh, Stanley Kubrick had the ultimate say about that scene going out. And yeah. he said he thinks what it more is, and the estate kind of thinks more like, Stanley Kubrick is more like a dork. Mm-hmm. And he liked the idea that he was seen as like an Orson Welles so his choice to have a scene oh, like that is oh, like, scene? The, uh, where in the Shining documentary where he comes in and he's like, you're that. missing your cue oh, when yeah, we're oh, out here oh, busting our asses. But it's like, well, 80s? he decided he wanted that in and oh. they begged him to keep a couple scenes in of him directing actors like, you'll do this. And he was like, don't put that in. I don't want anybody to see how I like direct. So it's like, it does seem like the nerd who tries yeah. to go to college in a letterman's jacket. You're like, are uh, you sure? Because I imagine it's the early 80s. It's the early 80s. There's no thought given to like how you really treat women. Yeah. And I'm sure he that like probably didn't cross anybody's mind as a red flag. Yeah, and he's so just like, like yeah, this makes me look like a tough director. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. But his daughter has a little cameo uh, too in the ballroom scene. She's like uh, one of the girls who's right next to Jack Nicholson when he gets spilled the avocado on him. Oh, uh-huh. But a little detail that's funny, too, is when he pats Grady's back, he has all the avocado <laughs> like all over uh, Grady's back. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah. good golly, what else is there? Anything uh, else, shining-wise? Um, mer, mer, mer. Oh, yeah, on your list. Sorry, I didn't mean to... No, I looked through it. Yeah, yeah. Nothing on there is of any... Uh, uh, I appreciated her uh, corduroy overall dress. I think that was. I a, love that. That's yes. a pretty good dress. Her whole fashion. Yeah, her fashion movies. throughout the movie. Yeah, really yeah I, and that. to get um, Jack's corduroy maroon. Jack, I mean, all yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- you know, there ain't no uh, you know like hyper color tank tops. In this <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a bad choice for the movie, but they're just ugly as a fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, did you? Um, were you much of a, just because The Shining ain't all the movie, did you grow up being a Stephen King guy? I, or, to this or, day, have yeah. never read a Stephen King book. Do I've you like um, what, um, in terms of his, like, the movie adaptations, do you like a Misery? I, I, you know what? I loved Misery yeah. when it came out. I recently tried to revisit it and was not so into it. Dang. What was your, uh, what was uh, the, uh, what was the problem? Well, I was, I think I was watching and thinking, let me see if this is something that my 16 year old would enjoy. And it seemed pretty obvious early on that the way that she is portrayed, (laughs) I don't think my daughter would like to watch it. I don't think my 16 year old would like to see this super annoying, overweight Kind of, she's, but, we're, we're meant yeah. to just despise the annoyingness of this big, thick woman. Yeah, <laughs> I could see. Yeah, that's not like a maybe like a thing. Then like a that's problematic in its side. Yeah, I yeah, had yeah, felt yeah, that yeah. way a little bit. Like, um, you know, and, you know, and then that she it turns out to be a fucking murderous <laughs> lunatic. So uh, well, that. as I uh, you know continue to try to. Uh, model myself after Andy as a mm. comedian and as an actor, but also anything I ever hear about you and your daughters, mm. like you once made a reference, 
you got at bedtime you would read like Alfred Hitchcock mysteries to them and stuff uh, and oh, like mystery books I'm mm-hmm, like yeah that's the coolest I didn't thing know that. in the world oh yeah oh my yeah. god for you know everybody involved uh, my our 16 year old now it's it's actually so I was she has either been, for me reading them to her or her reading them himself, mm-hmm. has done all of the um, Agatha Christie like oh, all wow. of right that on. And, oh cool and so if you watch a mystery movie with her, she figures it out. Like she figured out knives out early. Wow. (laughs) That's cool. I tried to watch the sixth sense with her and she figured it out early. Oh, wow. And actually the funny thing is because the, the the sixth sense spoilers, Mm -hmm. the first scene in that movie is Donnie Wahlberg shoots him. And then he comes back, uh, Bruce Willis and he's alive. And she was like, why did they have that first scene if that's not what the movie is about? Oh, is he dead? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Because it's like Damn. it's a good point. Like yeah. that is Yeah. That is a totally unnecessary an annoyingly unnecessary scene once the movie presents itself as being about Haley Joe Osment and right. that's Bruce cool. Willis. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it also, yeah, it has to be like a generational thing too of like mm. kids like literacy media literacy mm. is like more sophisticated that they go well, why was that scene there? It shouldn't have been there. Well, right. maybe it had a reason. What was that reason? Oh, he's a girl. Like, yeah. It's like just not the sophistication I had. A, I mean, it's also, I'm sure your daughter, yeah, like you said, like loving mysteries and pop boilers. And yes, so, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys uh, watch anything that's like, a, you'd mentioned that you were wondering if misery would be something. Yeah, but. no, I'm always trying to find, but she's quite resistant to my, um, the things that I try to get her to watch. Although I got her into X-Files. So we've mm. been making our way through X-Files. Oh, wow. That's cool. And Black Mirror is something we watch yes. together. Um, What's your favorite uh, horror movie? Uh, not even what you think is best, just if you had to put one on, just to have a good time watching. Oh. Or scary. Mm. Or thriller. I don't know. what. I really don't think I know what I would put on because uh, like I do have sort of I've never written it down but I have a kind of a mental list of movies that I wanted to see I'd like to sit her down and watch Blues Brothers <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I guess more of my question not yeah. more but just like Midnight movie. Run yeah. I really wanted to watch Midnight Run yeah. I really wanted to watch Spinal Tap mm. uh, she won't she did watch Best in Show uh, and loved it so um, why won't she watch Spinal Tap just because it feels too I old? think the subject matter just doesn't yeah. seem interesting to her like oh, they're what about Waiting for Guffman oh we did watch that yes yeah. she liked that yeah. the what Waiting, Waiting for, for Guffman, Guffman. Uh-huh. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, oh man I got her to watch Harold and Maude and the funny thing about it is she was trying to leave the room until he kicks the chair out from under him and she's like oh <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and then she was just in. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. With um, the airplane talk of it all, um, I was watching this like uh, deep down somewhere in YouTube, an interview with um, the Zucker brothers and Jim Abrams. Mm-hmm. And they were asking him like, oh, what sort of influenced you guys? And they were like, oh, Marx Brothers and stuff like the clear stuff. But he was like, you know, actually, uh, when I was watching Harold and Maude, oh. I noticed that they were doing this background thing of when the mom's having a conversation, he's in the background trying to kill himself. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. You could be doing something up front and a joke in the back. And yeah. that's like all wow. Zucker Brothers is. It's yeah. like, wow. so if yeah. uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hal Ashby hadn't 
had him as a kid and he hadn't had that idea and put it in here on the wand, it would have been yeah. an entirely Oh my different God, idea. it's just like the umbrella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my umbrella thing was, um, you know, on Franklin Avenue right before the Shakespeare Bridge in Los Feliz mm, Boulevard in yeah. L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple buddies, we did a show at the UCB. We're like, let's get snacks and watch a movie after mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. And I went and got snacks. I parked my car. Mm-hmm. I stepped out like this, I go to turn in to grab the snacks from my driver's seat. As I turn in, a truck goes by and took ah, off my driver's seat oh door. Oh, shit. So if I had not had turned oh in that moment to wow. grab the rest of the snacks, it would have, and the next morning, no lie, had like a weird like pressure bruise thing that's something like as it... So you weren't aware of something hurting you, but it did. <laughs> yeah, what I said the next day to my mom, I was like, I wonder if these bruises were the... Uh, the hands of the angel and she was like maybe <laughs> but uh yeah uh, uh that and now I've noticed they have very defined lines on that street oh, like wow. where the they car have Paul Rust lines oh cause the car drove off <laughs> yeah that son of a bitch. Yeah, they they slammed the brakes. They did oh. that thing of, could I get away with this or not? Do I go, I go, I go, I go, yeah. and I drove off. And then I was like, how do I pull up the driver door to oh. like hang on to it and then go after him? It was like all <laughs> absurd. By that point, I was like, oh. Uh, Matt, any near-death uh, experiences for you? No. Aw. Really? That's, no. Well, lucky us. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Otherwise, uh, we, I don't even like to entertain the thought of a, a world so. without Matt Gorley. Not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> well, shall I, I tell you my Friday the 13th story? Please, let's story? close with Yes, right. I, and I don't know. This. You don't know. I've it's told too. this on the podcast oh. before, but there's no way I did it justice, and it bears repeating. Okay, sure. well, don't get your hopes up too high. It's, it's <laughs> anticlimactic, I think. So in, when I was in the fifth grade, we got a new music teacher named Mrs. Manfredini. And she explained to us that her, her husband was a composer <laughs> and that he had composed, for instance, the music for Friday the 13th. So he's responsible for. So and they were in the area now because he had a Broadway play opening called Play Me a Country Song. <laughs> And in our winter concert that year, we had to sing like three songs from Play Me a Country Song, the soon to open Broadway musical. Uh, what, what, her interest was that she was a music teacher so he's like funneling the music to <laughs> yeah, her basically. why do you keep saying the title we all know this it went down in history as one of the great <laughs> musicals of all time <laughs> well she brought us the playbill as soon as the playbill was out we were so excited and we were all going to see it but we would have had to have gone opening night to see it oh that no. quick yeah oh. that quick but how did she bounce back or how does she answer to something like that the bad reviews how does she come in that Monday I oh I don't know but you know Frank Rich is a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) he's a shit head all I remember about it was that the apple from the Fruit of the Looms commercials was in it (laughs) 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 that's big I mean it's no grapes but yeah 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 (laughs) I do remember one of the songs it went play me a country song Blah, was it country? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know if it was country. I don't know. <laughs> That's like the Mr. Show sketch, like rap the musical. Like I did read a rub. Was there more to the, the uh, A little. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember the lyrics, song. but I remember the tune that, it, and then it resolves back to, 
play a country song, something like that. Just, and we did it very well in the winter concert. But then Mr. Manfredini bounced right back. because So the next thing she did, she asked in music class at the end of class one day, she said, does anybody here play Dungeons and Dragons? And I said, oh, I do. A few people raised their hands. And I said, I did. And she said, okay, can I talk to you after class? And she said, my husband is working on a project and he would like to sort of sit in and observe a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, would that be possible for you to do that? And I was like, absolutely. Cause I was interested in showbiz. This is pretty, yeah. sh- this is, sh- you know what I mean? This is your big ticket. <laughs> this is it. This is, I'm getting in on showbiz. This is the guy who did the music for movies. And so now I, to, this is like the time the guy from Slumber Party Massacre 2 came to talk to my theater class. I know what you mean. Like, it's, it's big huge. time. Yeah. It's pivotal. Big deal. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I didn't, I couldn't do that myself. I had to get my big brother in on it because it, it was like I would be a part of his games of Dungeons and Dragons, oh, actually. Ooh, so I was volunteering my big brother. And he was like, ooh. But I, so I really had to work hard to get him to agree. And then, but he didn't go to that school anymore. He went to the junior high. So, the other guys were not available. It ended up being just me and my older brother in the music room at my elementary school playing just Dungeons and Just the two of us <laughs> while Mr. Manfredini sat there at the table with a notepad and it couldn't have been more boring and uneventful and uncomfortable uh, unbelievably uncomfortable. And yet I would watch the whole thing. <gasps> oh my God. If there I was could. a Teva and when yeah. you're in yeah. heaven, you'll get to see. Yes. But his <laughs> idea was to put, it would have been a vinyl record, maybe a double album that, of music that you play while you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And he was going to compose. Cool. Yes. He was going to compose the soundtrack to your Dungeons and Dragons. Game. And he never did it. He never did it because our game was so boring. The only thing I remember him saying afterwards, he's like, oh, thank you. No, that's very good. Because it was obviously like, can we wrap this up after a short <laughs> time? It was like, I, I, I really get the sense of uh, suspense as you're walking into the cave. You know, so, or whatever. He, like, he tried to kind of say, like, you, you gave me something. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. Yeah. It's too bad that record wasn't made. And I know. you couldn't, like experience it going I was the sole inspiration <laughs> I mean, his attitude is great like there's a disco version of the Friday 13th 3 theme the 3D mm. theme and it came out in 1982 oh, yeah. and he's like it was a big hit in discos it's oh like, in 1982 <laughs> so I love that he's always just a little late like play me a country song is probably just like a little after like whatever that boom of yeah. hey uh, country's kind of cool uh, like urban the, cowboy yeah, type yeah, yeah, yeah. he just put out a song about fidget spinners <laughs> <laughs> well they spin they spin the fidget spins oh. and Fredini killing it again uh, but yeah I would l- love to hear his dungeons and uh, dragons work I know if right if that ever came to be did you ever corner him at a grocery store <laughs> you like whatever came of that <laughs> I, what else has I he gave done my hours my time Friday the 13th movie wise has he done much more she showed us a short film that he composed the music for that was a short film about Dracula and oh, he, he played with the uh, green sleeves motif oh. <laughs> yes was a recurring motif uh, mm-hmm. he's cool okay <laughs> The the like trying to compose something that is kind of organic and would never have set times reminds me of like in college I remember like being like somebody should do a music that is scored a sex <laughs> like in my mind thinking that was like a really actual cool thought and then it's like no but yeah what standard 
Like, yeah. at three minutes, this is happening. <laughs> Same with Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know how somebody would score the exact moment of, like, wonder Besides, or fear. Or, yeah. Someone did that, and they're named Enigma. Enigma it, did that? No, but they have oh. that really sexy song, remember? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so and there's like the children were uh, conceived of that song. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You do the math of it. When it was Billboard number one, nine months later, yes, there was like the great New York blackout. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I don't believe I ever saw Mr. Manfredini again. Mrs. Manfredini did direct a production of Velveteen Rabbit. I was the fire truck. Oh, uh, hey. so you know, he Did probably you, came to see it. You, you would think, right? Yeah, uh, we're just you know theater lovers here in general too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, anything you do in high school and college that was a fave uh, that you hold in your heart? Uh, just the Velveteen Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was in um, Glen Gary, Glen Ross in college. Who did you play? Was, I played um, Moss, which was uh, Ed Harris. Oh, that was, yeah, that's interesting, cool. right? Whoa, yes, that that's was cool. I mean, it's such a dude thing, but it yeah. was uh, it was exactly what I wanted that's to do at twenty. You yeah. mentioned Midnight Run earlier because when I was, uh, I like to do a little thing sometimes of like the actors that I know in my life. Who do they remind me of? The uh, people I like, and I was like, oh, Andy Daly's totally uh, Charles Grodin. Oh, I love yeah. Charles Grodin. Yeah. I, I fell in love with Charles Grodin after that movie. And his uh, memoir is really great. You should read that. Oh yeah, what the? It's called "It Would Be So Nice If You Weren't Here." Yeah, it's full of funny stories. It's yeah. Really Speaking of memoirs, you were telling me about Bud Court's memoir that or. Oh, or it's a story. I <laughs> I went down a Bud Court rabbit hole uh, at some point. <laughs> Bud Court rabbit hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> and his story, the story that he tells is so wonderful. I think it might not be quite true now. But, <laughs> but the story is that he, after Harold and Maude, he got into a terrible car accident and he was recuperating and he was depressed and he was seeing a psychiatrist and it's the 70s. And this psychiatrist goes, you know, I have another patient who's very depressed and very lonely and just rambling around his Bel Air mansion. I think the two of you should move in together. <laughs> Which is just, I love a yeah, 70s Hollywood yeah. psychiatrist yeah. saying, you guys move in together, I you two. I think it'd be groovy. <laughs> it's like this, that shrink of that time would just be like, all right, that's our session date. Listen, I got to catch a cab. You got a 20? <laughs> But the other patient turned out to be Groucho Marx. And so Bud Court moved into Groucho Marx's mansion. And he says, uh, he told Roseanne in an interview, Groucho died in my arms. So I've I've been curious about that for a long time. But so I just read a book by a guy who was Groucho's secretary for the last three years of his life. And his take on it is, is that Bud was a friend of the woman who was bilking yeah who was really screwing oh, over one. groucho yes, toward yes. the end and and bud was just freeloading and <sighs> the psychiatrist didn't put them together it was like yeah that you know. seems a little yeah the, <laughs> but the, and then using him kind of as like um he died in my arms it seems yeah. like Which a he, particularly grave robbery or something this guy's yeah, very yeah. specific about it, who was in the room when groucho died and bud court wasn't one of them <laughs> <laughs> It was me, Groucho, Maggie Thatcher, Sly Stallone, and uh, little Jackie Earl Hayden. You're talking about uh, uh, California psychiatry. Uh, I looked on Google Street View last week. The um, You can see the offices in Beverly Hills that Nixon's Watergate team broke into that like that oh. kicked it all off. Uh, wasn't little, wait, wasn't that the Watergate some, Hotel? <laughs> the Watergate. Oh, Ellsberg all, psychiatrist. Yeah, oh, Ellsberg right. psychiatrist that they like what kicked it all off. So oh. like, and now you go and it's like it's a uh, shrinks and dentists. It's wow. like what it always has been. It's like, wow. uh, but it's just right off a uh, Rodeo Drive. 
Oh. Nice when a little DC history can touch a little bit of us yes. out here. In LA. Yeah. Like Lovely. A, um, well, Andy, thank you yeah. so much. What a delight. Mm, I know. Surprises. I like that this is just sort of a free form episode. We were going to do the book, but that just means we'll add an episode to this season. So more. The book of, oh. uh, of our tidbits, you of mean. Tasha, the book yeah, we'll of, do that yeah, next yeah, episode. Yeah. So. Thank you for doing this with us. And My pleasure. Oh, it's fun. the best. Uh, Andy, anything you want to share? Uh, any podcasts? Any, uh, well, people, people know they can go to patreon.com slash Andy Daily for that. That's right. And, and that's, yeah, they can get good. Bananas for Bonanza with mm-hmm. all kinds of extra special episodes with different characters and all that stuff. Yeah. Yes, and Matt Gorley is part of it. I'll yeah, tell you that much. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. In fact, it felt weird to come over here and not do and not have my cowboy hat on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, oh my God, when I think of like, um, I know you're uh, joking about that, but like Christian Bale, did you ever hear him go, he's like, Sometimes my wife doesn't like the men I bring home, meaning the characters he can't oh, get out of. Oh, I see. <laughs> so I imagine Jesus, you coming home, you're like, douche. he can't get out of Dalton. <laughs> I kind of do. I kind of do walk around the house talking like Dalton. But that would be a not, delight. Yeah. As opposed not with to his like, personality, yeah, but with yeah. his dialect. I'm yeah. Batman. <laughs> well, we'll do uh, baby Zeno announcements next episode. We've got a whole stack of them, so we're going to spruce them out throughout the season. Great. Spruce? Spruce them. Spruce. Disperse. Duval, Shelly, Spritz. What am I saying? We're gonna. I'm a wreck today. Spread? You no, spread? you today killed we're it. We're taking all an audible. It. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. Thank yeah. you, Paul. Thank you. Bye. Andy. For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to Patreon.com/slash/withGorleyandRust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash withgorleyandrust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Wood, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.